Hello and welcome to this episode of Leadership Guest Practices. Today we focus on stories from the youth in Sierra Leone. With the current pace of change and challenges that we're all dealing with in life and work, we can be preoccupied with our immediate situation. Things can slip and we can easily forget that our youth, the future generation of leaders, need support, opportunity and encouragement now. In some parts of the world this of course is more commonplace, but in others it's not even on the horizon particularly like Sierra Leone, where it's been difficult to break out of tradition, where equity, diversity and inclusion lenses are still big issues to overcome, and where opportunity can be scarce. The youth have to fight for their education opportunities and futures, a notable juxtaposition to the West and East. So I'm doubly thrilled to welcome Rasi Bamibadi, leader, coach, author and speaker, born in Sierra Leone, lived in the Gambia before moving to Vancouver, Canada. As a young child, she experienced the hardships of her native country, including civil war. So naturally, her leadership journey started early through her life, her career and her leadership positions. She's always put the community at the heart of what she does, including the people that work for her, but particularly to the youth of today. Our collective future, as she calls it. Now, as well as being a leadership expert, global executive coach and mentor to many, Rassi mentors the youth movement in Sierra Leone to offer education, support, opportunity and growth for vulnerable young people in the country. As such, she's an active supporter of the Youth Movement for Sustainable Development Sierra Leone, and we'll hear more about this now. Hello and welcome to this episode of Leadership Guest Practices and I'm joined for all the way from Vancouver by Rasi Bami Bade. Thank you very much for joining me. Please introduce yourself and particularly tell us a little bit about your first decade in Sierra Leone which is a fascinating and somewhat harrowing story I would say and how that shaped your expertise and passion for helping others Rasi. Yeah. Oh my God. Jeremy, thank you so much for having me here. I'm super excited. I, uh, so my name's Rassi and, uh, I'm born in Sir. I was born and raised in Sierra Leone, as Jeremy said, for the first decade. And, uh, so growing up in Sierra Leone, the, I was very fortunate to have that foundation, um, from my parents, like education, making sure that you're kind to people doing the right thing, and uh, and not leaving anybody behind. So and that's something that my parents did in actions. They were always given to people. They were always taking care of others. Like I had multiple cousins in the same home when I was like growing up. And it was, you know, it wasn't there was no difference like, oh, I am my parents kids or they are not. It was like we're all like family and stuff. Uh, so having that foundation and then moving you know, like going through the civil war, like I learned how to not take time for granted. I learned how to really appreciate my life that I have and make and make impact. And this was like at age uh, 11 when I moved to Canada. And I'm like, I have to do all that it takes to get to where I need to be to do the things that I want to do. So that, and you, you can say that I grew up very quickly because of those experiences. And, um, and, and now I'm just like, I have to do something to help our youth in Sierra Leone, to help my family in Sierra Leone and, uh, and really pave, pave the way. 
I, um, and what really like in 20, I believe it was in 2016, I made a plan um, that I was going to move to Sierra Leone 10 years later and work, do, um, um, do a nonprofit work for about a year. And then it occurred to me earlier this year, I was like, why do I have to wait until then? I can actually start, you know, putting some like a little bit of seed here and there until I'm able to do that uh, financially and uh, physically. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. <laughs> I have to say, there's, uh, well, you're the first guest that I say has, has mentioned the fact that they've, that they've been through a civil war. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of us that, uh, well, those of us from Generation X, I suppose, almost, you know, we've never experienced in the Western parts of the traditional East, we've not experienced that. And of course, in parts of Africa like this, we hear yeah. about it, but it's so removed. Um, and I can understand why you grow up quickly there and and have the clarity at 11 years old. Say, you know what, I need to I need to grasp the opportunity I now have in Canada, which uh, yeah. which I think was which was great. So now you you now reside there, of course. And yes. And and I could I could just kind of roll off the the achievements. You know, you're a noted order. You're an executive coach. Um, you remain an advocate for your uh, native country, of course, Sierra yeah. Leone, as you've just mentioned, particularly yeah. its youth. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe just let's take a step back. And if you wouldn't okay. mind, tell us a little bit about the conditions there for our sort of Gen, Gen Z future, if you like, our future mm-hmm. leaders yeah. and the opportunities and challenges they face day to day in Sierra Leone now. Mm-hmm. And of course, in other parts of Africa. Yeah, there's uh, so specifically for our youth that, you know, my day to day interaction with them, um, either it's like on LinkedIn or, you know, like I've exchanged numbers and we're interacting on WhatsApp. It's through my mentorship program, uh, the monthly workshops that I do with them, they do share like details. And uh, and some of the challenges is like they're not being seen, you know. And they're, you know, they could be knocking on doors, like trying to get some support They're, It's almost like they're invisible. And then you have they have leadership that they cannot trust and cannot count on because honestly, because things are so difficult in Sierra Leone that everybody's fending for themselves. Like it's um, it's almost like, you know, I'm going to help you. But what do I get back in return? Right. And, and I think that's where it really differentiates like my, uh, the path, like my mentorship program that I take each of my youth through is like, I want them to be empowered. I want them to make decisions. I want them to be in control of who they are and how they show up. And, and it starts by being seen, like just being, you know, like, yeah, Rassi sees me. She sees that what I'm capable of. She sees the potential and they're all different in their own ways of like what they are able to bring to the table, what they're able to do in paving the way for other Sierra Leoneans, right? And I, I just get, I get super passionate and just like gets really pumped up because um, there's, there's just so much potential and they're just so intelligent. But, well, you know, I... It's very funny because I think you and I both have somebody in common, uh, Danielle Essa in, yes. um, in Cameroon, who, who you work with as well. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I hear her story, your story, more stories from the continent and parts of uh, parts of Asia where I where I used to live as well and parts mm-hmm. of uh, Latin America, actually, the, you know, it raises much bigger questions for the world right now. 
mm-hmm. the how we share resources, how we help each other um, yeah. beyond um, beyond what's going on sort of day to day. Climate change will impact things yeah. like water distribution, yeah. things yeah. like this. So all of these play into the mix. Um, and you have gone down, which I really admire. You've gone down to really granular level here. Mm-hmm. And you really commit, as you said, to the youth, the yeah. youth of Sierra Leone, you know, and, and I'd love to just dive into that a little bit further because we can spend probably yeah. too much time out here thinking, wow, yes. we've got these big things. But <laughs> on the ground, could you yeah. explain a little bit about that, Your the, yeah. the mentoring scheme, the role you play? And I think I'd love to hear also the role that the government plays in this you know collectively to the benefit of the youth or is it people like you that just have to step in and kind of do it differently yeah (laughs) it's uh so I like early this year I started screening um uh through Instagram and LinkedIn uh and this was you know having like intentionally connecting with you know, like if it said like they're from Sierra Leone and, uh, you know, and then looking at their background, like where they were at, either they in university or they just graduated from college. Uh, those are specifically the youth that I work with. And um, so I start up a conversation, you know, and sometimes uh, like quite a few of my youth in my mentorship program right now where did not hesitate to say I need help. Like I, I love your content. Like I look up to you. How can you help me? And that's where these conversations started. And then I send them an assessment, um, assessment questions. And, uh, and basically it's, it's a line in a way that they can share with me. What are they going to do with the information they're going to be receiving? What are they going to do with like that from that conversation? So for me, it's a lot about action. Like, how do you bring on more youth? Um, how do you impact more youth? Like, how do you take care of your environment, the people in the community? So I aligned it in that form that I really understand, okay, these are the challenges and this is where they want to be. Um, and, you know, there's some assessments I didn't get back because, and that just tells me the readiness, right? Because um, I, I put like all my heart into everything I do. So like uh, the youth that I work with, they really got to be in it to like, to make impact. Right. And, uh, and then I take them through a monthly, uh, monthly workshop on different topics. So for instance, like one of the workshops is goals. Um, another workshop is like, you know, embracing their fears. And then I brought on, um, one of like, uh, my coaches, like coach friend coaches, right. Uh, and help them and have uh, ask them for help to be part of this with me. And, and they love it when guest speakers come on. And then uh, another example is like on advocacy. I have one of my friends out there out here that's an entrepreneur and uh, does advocate uh, work. So I bring her on to speak to them and I actually do this all through Telegram because they all don't have access to Zoom. Like, how do I make it accessible for them? And, and sometimes they have challenges with the network, like some will come on 30 minutes later, but they still show up or they don't make it at all because the rain is just really heavy and they actually cannot get through to any network. Right. And, and then they're able to go back to it the next day and review the materials and, you know, make comments on the next uh, workshop. Um, but basically it's like, uh, what, what role the government plays? It's, uh, 
to be honest, like it's very unclear of what what the priorities are. Like, is it like, you know, empowering our youth? And and a lot of the messages I get from them, the lot um the their um kind of like from the interactions, uh the sense that I'm getting is that they're not supported. They're and all these youth are actually raising funds to provide food for people in the villages, to provide water, to provide, you know, pay for education for the kids. And I don't know, like if I was the leadership at the top and I see that happening, I'm going to do whatever it takes to like protect that and support that. But again, that top leadership is not supported. So they actually cannot, they cannot translate that. Right. So it's um, and that's where that self-leadership comes into play, like really. And I help these youth understand who they are as a leader right now. And and I think when you know a lot about yourself and you're aware of that, it's it's a lot easier for you to give back because you give in from a place of fullness. Oh, I love that a place of fullness. And I imagine, though, just going back to a, a point right at the end there, is that as you bring those leadership qualities out of those young people who are ready, as you, yeah. as you said, and you know, and on that journey, mm-hmm. it must raise questions in their mind when they then yes. look up to their government and say, "Well, why don't they care?" You know, and yeah. what what it, you know, or some of them, you know, I'm sure some do, but it's like it's it's a real it's a real juxtaposition isn't it between the people that they're seeing like you who are stepping in at community level Mm -hmm. and the questions then raised at government in terms of well well why aren't you to to the extent that we need you to what's going on there yeah there's a gap there's a big gap yeah yeah it is isn't it well uh, it's something that we won't solve of course uh within (laughs) within this but you know the more that you you do things like that and your colleagues and uh, people like-minded people I think the better you know because as you said using telegram when you're having to use the network but then getting past the fact that um it might not always always be on or fast or whatever it really does put into perspective some of the more entitled parts of the world in the west and the east where you know, it's like, well, you know, what what's what gigabytes is going to be my next iPhone? Uh, you know, it's just it, really it's crazy, isn't it? Um, but um, but going back to the beginning, I, I love that process of that readiness element, as you said, you know, the yeah. doing the assessment and then moving from words to action. So making yeah. sure that people kind of go through there. Uh, maybe it's an unfair question, but do you, without naming names, do you have an example of somebody that you've worked with, you know, a, a young person you've worked with who you've been really impressed with, who's really grasped hold of this and, and uh, done something? God, yeah, it was one. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, uh, and what I love is uh, one of the workshops I did was uh, on feedback, like how you can um, give yourself feedback. So going back and reflecting on, okay, these are the steps that I've taken. This is where I'm at right now and really understanding how you close that gap. So one of my mentees like significantly does that. And every week they'll send me a message. This is what I did. And this is the outcome of it. And, you know, and then I'll get messages like I feel more confident from just, you know, going through your workshops. And 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 then a couple of them actually wrote me recommendations on LinkedIn, which I'm like super like uh, very grateful for. 
Um, you know, just sharing. And a lot of what I hear from that is empowerment. Like it's that what I'm trying to achieve, you know, trying to help them to get there. That's one of my main goals is for them to feel so empowered that they don't rely on other people to make them feel empowered. You don't look for that outside gratification or, yeah, you're doing a great job and then you keep going. But how do you do that for yourself, like internally? Um, And then I have another youth that, uh, you know, shared in the first few workshops, like, yeah, I'm going to I want to go to university. And these are all the steps that I'm taking so that I can get there. So part part of it is like raising funds for him to be able to go to university And then, you know, we come on to like the next workshop. I do these monthly and they'll share with me. Yeah, this is what I did. I wrote down all my goals and I wrote down the actions that I need to take. And this is where I'm at. And and what I love too is like they share that in that group. And then now they have that peer support. Yeah. Wow. So many great examples there. And the more of this that is done and then the more those individuals who have um, had that epiphany, let's say, yeah. and have practiced self-leadership, something I something I strongly believe in, mm-hmm. uh, empowering yourself as well as be, being empowered, yeah. really shows you what the hope for the future is. So mm-hmm. if, we, if we take a step back and, and maybe almost have a chance to reset where we are from government level right down in, in countries like Sierra Leone, From your observations, what are some of those sort of old habits, perceptions, ways of operating that need to be changed Mm -hmm. in creating the leaders of the future for Sierra Leone, which they need? And indeed, other parts of Africa, actually, um, who are collective in terms of their leadership, who are more collaborative, uh, more compassionate leaders, potentially, and as community driven as you are. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I will start with unlearning. Um, there's a significant of work that needs to be done there. And when I say unlearning, is like the old ways of doing things. Where I say you do because I'm the leader. You are my. You're below me. You know, kind of thing. And it's almost like we. There needs to be more. Like they need to learn how to lift each other. We need to learn how to see our youth as our partners. And, and that's something that I intentionally do when I'm interacting with my youth through my mentorship program, or even um, youth that I interact with on LinkedIn or Instagram. I don't put myself on a pedestal because like, you know, like we're, we're humans, like, you know, we're humans first before our titles and all that stuff. Right. And, um, and I definitely think there has to be there has to be a way that leaders right now in Sierra Leone are able to ask for help, you know, knowing that, okay, there's obviously a gap, but that takes a lot, a tremendous courage to be able to do that. You have to be ready to take the action, you know, when you're like, Hey, I need help. Um, you know, hiring, like maybe it's like expert, um, to support with that. Um, and also taking action. So, and this is something that I um, very, I'm very intentional with my youth is what you take from the workshops, you need to take action. Like, yeah, you can come in months a month, take on all this knowledge when it stays up here. It's, and you don't actually put it into action. You're, you're not making impact. You just, you're literally still stuck where you are. 
right? Um, and the other part too is the education. There needs to be more emphasis on that. Like I remember when I was in elementary school back home and, you know, just growing up in general, like my parents are like education, education and having that foundation. And then I moved to Canada. I moved with a guardian and education wasn't a priority for my guardian at the time. And um, but I knew that's super important. So I did everything I had to do to make sure I graduated from high school and I continue to learn. Like I got like my certificate from university. I continue to learn. I'm always reading books and stuff. So I think it's like just prioritizing that it's important to learn, not necessarily like, yeah, you have to go get a degree, but what are you doing to be in control of your self-growth? And, and I think it needs to start from the top. Yeah, always be learning. Never mm-hmm. mind, always be selling, always be yeah. learning. Yeah, is, yeah. Is the thing. I, particularly these days, I reflect on that as a leader as well. I'm a, a Gen Xer mm-hmm. and I can say with hand on heart that I'm learning every day still. Yeah, yeah. And the fast pace in which the world is moving demands it and it demands what you're talking about. Yeah. uh, Which is, you know, a little bit more courage to ask for Mm -hmm. help. Yes. Uh, Putting pride aside sometimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and remembering what you brilliantly said, that we're humans first. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Totally. I love that. I love that, you know, because... (laughs) If we can, if we can be open, and people receiving that message are as open as that, then we get we get more understanding, empathy, compassion. Mm-hmm. We start yeah. to go down the education route together. We start to understand each other a little bit more. There's so much that can come come from yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I suppose, I suppose now I should I should play because there, there's a lot in there. So mm-hmm. I now should should play the genie in the lamp for you. I think and say <laughs> if I could grant you one wish. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. So this is a big one. Okay. If I can grant you one wish, what is your big hope or dream for the future leaders in Sierra Leone um, of whom you might be mentoring right now as you look ahead? Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say uh, free quality empowered education. And, And the reason why I say free is there's a ton of people who, you know, children right now that their parents can afford to put them in school. So Mm. prioritizing that like free education. And maybe it might not be the government doing that, but it might be other parties from outside of Sierra Leone creating that because I I think it's absolutely possible. And, uh, And I cannot wait that more people can, you know, be on board with it and I cannot wait to have more youth in my mentorship program. Um, And where I say quality is, you know, it's not just education of like English and math, but it's other things that are that, you know, kids are into. So maybe it could be arts and craft or it could be science, you know, or it could be someone likes writing um, and, you know, just amplifying those strengths and let them be creative. Um, and then in the empowered side is like lifting, lifting people up instead of, you know, like, oh, you did that wrong. Like, you know, this is a consequence, but understanding like, okay, this is what they're good at, but this is not the things that they're good at. And let's just focus on what their strengths are. Um, I think a lot of times we put a lot of emphasis on what we could, what, what wrongs we could make right. 
and we forget about the things that we're already doing right, right? Uh, you know, it, it's quite interesting. Is that while while I can't wave my my magic wand just yet, I'm hoping that yes. we have some people listening or watching this who who do have a view on this or who could help or do have some suggestions uh, because you know free quality holistic education experience and provision for all is is something that we know where where it is available is mm-hmm. is the real kind of jump start for the you know for the person for the individual uh, mm-hmm. for the region for the organization yeah. for the country wherever that is yeah. so i'm sure many have been stimulated by this hearing your words what you went through the commitments that you've made to give back also yeah. in your own journey here and i'm sure they would love to get in touch so how do they get in touch and find out a little bit more about you what you do and how do they start a conversation yeah, totally. Like uh, you can send me a message on LinkedIn. It's uh, my first and last name, Rassi Bamibadi. And uh, also on Instagram and just share it. Let me know like where you heard uh, you heard me speak. Um, and uh, and we could take a conversation from there. There's, uh, there's a lot of help that's needed. And I'm definitely super grateful for like my connections already, like my co- like other coaches that I've connected with that are like, yeah, Rassi, I'll come on as a guest speaker to help you out. Um, and also you can uh, check out my website and see, you know, like what I do and stuff, uh, www.rbjumpstartcoaching.com. And uh, yeah, and then we can have a conversation from there. <laughs> well, we'll put all of that at the bottom of the screen as we come to the end of this as well. So those of you who are watching will be able to see that, but you've got that detail there. So uh rasi bamibadi thank you very much indeed for joining me uh food for thought indeed uh really astonishing story that you have yourself but uh but also humbling what you're putting back and and a real a real lesson to leaders around the world um in in places where we where we do have the facilities to do more of this as well Uh, not necessarily in the places where the hardships are still there for all to see. So I really appreciate you sharing your story, your passion, and what you're actually doing about it, the actions behind the words. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you for joining our Guest Practices videocast. Please do subscribe to our YouTube channel through the link below or check out our website to access more in our current series of expert interviews.